Ladies, this is Dr. Emmett Brown broadcasting at 1.21 gigahertz from inside the Sunshine Taxi Cab on Thursday morning, October 29th, 1975. I'm still hiding from the Time Enforcement Commission, this time disguised as a pharmaceutical taking taxi driver, and, uh, uh, uh just a minute. Hey, uh, what does the yellow light mean? We interrupt your regularly scheduled moment of silence to bring you the news. New York, Hong Kong, Skull Island, Exelon, Thermia, Bajor, Camino, Duckworld. News from around the cosmos, podcasted secretly from 20,000 leagues below Skynet headquarters. This is The Nautilus at Nine with Marcus Nemo. Well, good morning. Welcome to The Nautilus at Nine. I'm Marcus Nemo, bringing you tomorrow's news cycle recycled today. Whether you're listening to this to distract yourself from the astronaut outside your pod bay doors who won't stop screaming about trying to get in, or perhaps you're trying to forget a friend you left in a staring competition with a weeping angel, now's a good time to fix yourself a stiff drink. Listen to the news from a multitude of different dimensions that are hopefully worse off than the one you're occupying right now. I'm currently enjoying one of my favorite on-air cocktails. I call it a Valhalla-Bama Slammer which is one part Valkyrie Sweat, two parts Thor's Thunder, and a liter of Southern Comfort. Garnish with an orange and a cherry, sip once, and then smash on the ground in warrior-like satisfaction. Ah. Mmm. By Odin's beard, that's good. Well, our top story tonight, another drug ring has been discovered by the Imperial authorities patrolling the Outer Rim, this time on the remote planet of Tatooine. The drug ring itself, a giant circular device more commonly referred to as a Stargate, was being used to smuggle hundreds of pounds of the narcotic known as Spice from the planet Arrakis to a well-known hedonistic palace on Tatooine's surface. This is one of many interplanetary drug rings to be found and impounded by the Imperials since the days of Corellian freighter smuggling became obsolete. The notorious gangster, crime boss, and talking sandworm, a one J.T. Hutt, was arrested on charges of using the Stargate to smuggle not only 560 pounds worth of the illumination poison known as Spice, but two crates of Soma and a sixer of pan-galactic gargle blasters. Imperial authorities have stated that by decommissioning this particular drug ring, or Stargate, may finally be the advantage they need to destroy the Jedi suggesting that the Arrakis spice drug, with its effects of giving its user clairvoyance and heightened awareness, may be the link to how the Jedi get their power. Well, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if the Jedi turned out to be a bunch of spice heads. That whole force-be-with-you talk all sounded like a bunch of crap to me. Well, our next news story may be small, but it's also blue, blonde, and holding court in a big way. The Supreme Courthouse steps were littered with cameras and reporters today trying to get a glimpse of that tiny plaintiff known to the world as Smurfette, who after a long and arduous trial was awarded full compensation for every account of sexual harassment she received while living as the only female Smurf in the Smurf village. He was quoted as saying that no woman, no matter her size nor color, should have to endure the kind of inappropriate smurfy behavior that she received while living as the only female smurf in an all-male smurf commune. In response, village elder and self-appointed leader known to most smurfs in the mushroom colony as Papa, that's creepy, was quoted as saying the court's verdict in this case is totally smurfed. He went on to say that maybe if she wore something a little less smurfy that didn't end up showing off her smurf so much, maybe there'd be less temptation for smurfs to have smurfy thoughts about her smurf on a daily basis. I mean, what the smurf man 
This is Smurfing Bullsmurf. Well, after that response, it was deemed no longer safe for Smurfette to return to her fungal home, and arrangements have been made for her to move into a microloft in the city. Lastly, the Smurfette stated she'll no longer answer to her Smurf name, and from here on out will be referred to as Blue Thunder. In other news, military helicopter Blue Thunder was down by its longtime rival Airwolf in order to protect the Firefox project from the hands of Starscream, a Decepticon agent working for Mask. More on this story as it develops. Ah, number four. And there's a bit of sad news in sports, as the attendance of the once popular Highlander Games is at an all-time low. It seems less and less people are going out to watch the sword-fighting immortals try and cut each other's heads off. This centuries-old longsword-style fighting between the Deathless has met with harsh criticism from fans over the years, as no one really understands what the rules are anymore. Terms like The Gathering, The Quickening, Endgame, and Zeist. It's all become too confusing for a crowd who just wants to watch the princes of the universe get decapitated. Well, who wants to live forever, am I right? Oh, whoops, uh, forgot to drink that one. <laughs> well, as Jupiter and Saturn align and that gum you like comes back in style, so has Bob's Black Lodge Bar and Grill. It's their 25th anniversary and they want to twist your left arm and get you in for a feast of their mouth-watering Garmin Boza goulash. A death bag-sized helping of pain and sorrow served in Bob's famous cream corn soup. And every order gets you a free mug of their legendary scorched engine oil your doppelganger will love to take home as a souvenir. And remember the first nine customers through the door to say, Fire! Walk with me! Eat for free. Well, that's a deal Mother and I won't be passing up this weekend. Oh, and there's the sound of the Voxgraphonic Vortex, our portable radio porthole to the other side of the elsewhere. Let's tune that in and have a bit of a listen. The Predator. Secretive, elusive, able to make itself one in any planetary environment. This tribal extraterrestrial known for its dreadlocks, reptilian skin, impressive mandibles and muscular physique, has a love for treetops in equatorial climates. Known on Earth by its Latin American name, the demon who makes trophies of men, the predator uses active camouflage and thermal vision when hunting its prey. The hunt itself is considered a rite of passage, so picking a worthy challenger is very important to a young predator. This is not always available, and so human beings become opponents by default. Though not ideal trophies, predators do their very best to make sport with these earthlings. Some predators have been known to replace their plasma shooters and bladed smart discs for more primitive net and spear techniques to make the kill more rewarding. After the hunt is complete, human victims are treated to a ritualistic flaying. This entails the predator climbing to lofty heights hanging its man-animal prey by the ankles and using a classic wrist blade to ceremoniously skin the entire body, dead or alive. And we're back, and we finished tonight's broadcast with a bit of good news. It's been announced that Hogwarts School has finally hired a new professor to teach the defense against the dark arts class, which has been a struggle for the school to keep the position filled for more than a year at a time. But Hogwarts has high hopes that their new professor, known as Sauron the Deceiver, or more commonly, the Dark Lord of Mordor. And he may just be what the class was needing. 
Apparently, an ever-watchful, lidless eye wreathed in flame is the kind of attention students need to make sure they're focusing on their assignments, and of course, keeping their own eyes on their own work. <laughs> there you have it. That was tomorrow's new cycle recycled today. I'm Marcus Nemo for the Nautilus at Nine, saying remember to set your neuralizer for roughly the nine-minute mark and erase your memory of everything you just heard. And as always, for dark is the suede that mows like a harvest. <laughs> that never gets old. Good night. The Nautilus at Nine was created, written, and performed by David Radford and produced by Launchpad Theatre Company. Social Mediatronic Mechanics Commander's Christina Patterson. Huh. Great title. And she's also the voice you're hearing now. Hello, podcast land. Make sure to subscribe to The Nautilus at Nine, rate and review us on iTunes, and to find out more about all things Launchpad, go to launchpadtheater.com or like us on Facebook at Launchpad Theater. Or why not become a Skynet pirate and follow The Nautilus at Nine on Twitter at Nautilus at Nine, and we'll make sure to send you a friendly ahoy, matey. Thanks for listening. For dark is the suede that mows like a harvest. Let's rock!